Hello and welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Nay. I'm Brennan. I'm Sam. Hey. Hi. And today we have a very special guest with us and we will wait no longer to introduce Keith Hi. Calder. I am uh, Keith Calder. I'm a film producer, and I am in no way related to anyone dating a member of the band One Direction. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You made me promise not to bring that up. (laughs) Right. I was like, didn't we spend five minutes talking about how we weren't going to bring that up? I mean, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Tell me some movies that you produced also. Yeah, what would our, sure. what would our fans know? Uh, I produced uh, a bunch of movies with uh, a writing and director and directing team, Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard. So I did Your Next, uh, The Guest, and the uh, unfairly maligned Blair Witch uh, mm-hmm. recent movie. <laughs> and uh, I also uh, recently produced a movie called Blindspotting that came out last year. And, oh, yeah, uh, that movie's great. Yeah, and the first, uh, first movie I, I – Produced was a movie called All the Boys of Mandy Lane. Oh, um, hi. So, yeah. And um, I had an animated movie called Anomalisa. Oh, that was you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and yeah, that's it. And recently, a movie I'm putting together now to shoot um, early next year was just announced, even though we weren't hoping it was not going to be announced. Um, and that's going to be Regina King's first movie as a director. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow. So we got some cool stuff going on. Yeah. And what's your favorite One Direction song? (laughs) Um, Just for the fans. It is so embarrassing that I cannot answer that question. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. It's the one, it's the one where it's like, that's, that's why you're beautiful or something like that. What makes you beautiful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What makes you beautiful? Yeah. That is a very clever lyric. Like it really is. It's, it's, it's cause it's about everyone. Everyone wants to feel beautiful, right? Oh yeah. And it's, uh, it describes exactly zero qualities about any specific woman. Oh yeah. No, everything they say could apply to anyone. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. The way that you flip your hair gets me overwhelmed. She does have hair. She has hair. We know that about her. Just be clear though. It is a song about what makes her beautiful is that she doesn't know. Yeah. That's annoying. Okay. <laughs> All right, you can't handle a secure bitch? Yeah, so okay. she knows she's beautiful, and that makes her attractive. Are you going to tell me you need somebody with low self-esteem? Yes, that okay. is exactly Actually, on their, on, their, <laughs> on their follow-up album, Take Me Home, there is a song called She's Not Afraid, which is kind of the flip side of it, where she's like this kind of brave, courageous woman, and I really like that song. Well, before this conversation, I did not know any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming to our One Direction podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Of course, happy to be here. Oh my god, I haven't seen these folks in a while either because it's we had a little break. Two long weeks. Celebrate been, straight, not to, to not celebrate straight day. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. aka Fourth of July. Fourth of July. <laughs> they oh, tweeted that she was going to unfollow anybody with a Fourth of July photo. Okay, I lost it. <laughs> I so I did. I posted that. And I just wanted. I was thinking about it later because you know what? I did not unfollow everyone who posted a Fourth of July pic. I only okay. unfollowed the people I wanted to unfollow anyway. Oh, I noticed I that, that about myself. I was like, "You're a bitch," because you <laughs> you just wanted to unfollow them anyway. So it was great because I was like, "Oh." <laughs> At least you gave them warning. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and then other people, I was a little surprised to see, you know, like red, white, and blue cupcakes and sparklers and stuff because I felt like every other day the posts are like, fucking kids in cages, like that shit's mm. fucked up, which, yes, that should be everyone's post every day. Um, but I was like, oh, that's weird to have a party about it. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I felt like I, I, I felt like this for many years about the 4th of July. I mean, like I'm a black person, so has never represented independence for everyone for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's the update. I did not unfollow everyone, but I didn't unfollow some people because <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I was like, ah, 
You gotta, yeah. you gotta purge that list sometimes. You definitely, definitely do. Definitely. And I just, I think it's funny how, not funny, it's actually not funny and it totally makes sense. I was gonna say it's interesting how upset some people can get over an unfollow or like a mute. And right. I have always told my friends, like, I know that I'm annoying. So if you <laughs> need to unfollow me, even if it was my very best friend or you need to mute me, I understand that because you can be very close to someone and really like someone and just not like their internet presence. Yeah, absolutely. You know? or, or even to the point of like, I want to hear your stories from you rather than seeing them yeah. on Instagram first. Yeah, totally. Like, I want to know what you did today by you telling me what you did today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense to me. Yeah, for sure. So none of us should feel bad about who we have to unfollow or mute or block or refollow once they get their shit together. You know? <laughs> I brought it up because your tweet kind of inspired me, to be honest. <laughs> I I had a bunch of plans and I was like, I'm not feeling this. I, I watched Culture Shock that morning. And Sweet. Oh, me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, which, uh, and, it, and it had it in my head. And I'm like, uh, Culture Shock, which is a 4th of July film about what is happening in our world, um, horror-wise, uh, but also uh, with detention camps. And it's like, how do I celebrate tonight after this? That movie, all I wanted to do was I just started texting people to have conversations. And then I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I can unfollow in real life. <laughs> and yeah. just not go. Yeah, the actual important unfollow. Yeah. The, the real life unfollow. Well, that's perfect because we always have tea time. We talk about what we've been watching. Um, and since you've already started, if you want to yeah. keep going. Well, let's talk. It, it, it's interesting because I like Culture Shock. I, I wish that um, once... Did you all see it? Did anybody here see it? Yeah. I have okay. not seen it. Um, it's Gigi Guerrero, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. I, th- I love I love the directing. I think um and I love the cast. The cast mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. Barbara Crampton. I, oh my god. I'm sorry, but Barbara Crampton clutching another woman's child was <laughs> the image of Fourth of July. It was like, oh right, this is where our country is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was she slayed. Also the lead. Oh gosh, I wish I wrote her name down. She was incredible too. Yes. I can look it up while you're talking. Great. Yeah, please. Um I just I was all about that cast and all about the concept. For me, it, it fell apart a little bit towards the end, just because I I, it, I wasn't as interested once we got into the um, the fake world. I was really mm-hmm. interested in the real life horrors of what she was going through, mm-hmm. and it was so tense because it felt real. Yeah, yeah, I think it was so good. I definitely started it like was it like midnight or something, whatever oh, yeah. it came out. And Immediately. Yeah. And I, well, I had tried to go to the premiere. Do you remember what was happening in Hollywood? Does anybody remember what the fuck was happening in Hollywood that day? There was like a parade. Hollywood oh Boulevard God. was shut down. There was no parking. Like it was nuts. I mean, not that there's ever parking, but even all the garages were full. Oh. Lyft drivers couldn't get through. It was insane. So mm. I was like 30 minutes late. Didn't want to walk in late. Went to the party afterwards, which was excellent. Great party, great party, but yeah, watched it and was like, obviously this is, well, my first thing to say was like, this is so on time, but I'm actually like, and this is no shade to anyone that made the movie. I was gonna say it's late. And that's not to say that they got the message out late because of course not. Right. But it takes a while to make a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely takes a while to make a movie, but also like immigrants have been getting fucked up here for a long, like since always. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, sometimes I think it's a little, it's a little grating to see folks wake up now. Yes. Like I'm glad yeah. like everybody open your eyes, please, whenever you can get them open. But I think for a lot of folks who have been aware or have experienced um, this or their families have experienced this, it's kind of like, well, I'm glad someone cares now, but damn, <laughs> like it had to get <laughs> yeah. pretty bad for people to care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. That's what I was going to say. We, we, 
made a movie called Undocumented about nine years ago that deals with very similar themes. Chris Peck over, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it totally flew under the radar because I don't think people were ready to talk about those issues at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It is interesting that it's what to me seems like late is now clearly the right time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I always thank the same group of people, and that is the internet (laughs) for bringing certain issues to light, um, meme culture and Mm -hmm. um, millennials and Snapchat and Instagram stories for, like, publicizing certain things and certain issues and, like, pulling at certain heartstrings. And, yeah, maybe nine years ago, when did Instagram start? I feel like I got on in, like, 2012 or some shit, right? Yeah, not that long ago. So we only had weird little Facebook back then. I guess Twitter was there too, though. I don't know. But like anyway. baby Twitter. It was still a hatchling. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and the, the lead is Martha Igareta. Yes. Incredible. Incredible. So fierce. I, you know, I hear you about appreciating the, the real verse, the like imagine, kind of imaginary things in that movie. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So I'll talk about it with you later. But definitely. Um, it, yeah, there were some very striking things. And the director, she's dope as fuck. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She came to horror trivia once. She is a light. She is so nice. She is the yeah. nicest person I've ever met. Who yeah. dire- Sorry, who directed? Uh, Gigi Sal Guerrero. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else either of you two have been watching? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. No, that's the only thing I. I know I watched something else, but I can't remember. That's what I brought today to talk about. Midsummer. <laughs> I, th- I was I hoping someone would bring it up. I was hoping somebody would bring it up too. So I brought it up. Good. Yeah, no, I'm going to see it. That festival of whiteness. So it's interesting because it is the complete absence of queerness. Um, But to, and I was wondering if it would work in like a, not to be so obscure, but like a James Baldwin, Giovanni's room kind of way Mm -hmm. where you like completely pull out all blackness. So you have the outline of what blackness is culturally. I thought that maybe Midsummer would do something like that where it's like, okay, with no queerness, we're going to just see exactly what's missing. But it didn't do that for me entirely. I would say it's more about the ritual of heteronormativity and being trapped in it, like these this couple, and then how that's extrapolated into actual rituals. Okay, sorry, that was my uh, English major part. But yeah, mm-hmm. also, I mean, people got gross. And- <laughs> I can't wait. It, yes. I can't wait. Yeah. It certainly held my attention. And I do not have a lot of attention to give for a movie that's two and a half hours long. <laughs> um Jack Rayner's reaction shots to everything are perfect. Like, it's surprisingly funny. Um, like, especially in the first act. Like, there's a lot more levity to it than Hereditary, which was Ari Aster's first film. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it's a lot of Wicker Man bullshit. I was into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of Wicker Man bullshit. I want that on the DVD box. Oh, yeah. Also, like... You know, because it, it, it is the Wicker Man. So, um, you know, no, absolutely no spoilers, but you know what's going to happen. Um, but there are certain aspects about the ways that it plays out that are really interesting and visual and exciting. Cool. Um, so that's cool. Um, I don't know if I was fully 100% satisfied with like just how it all ended. And I was like, I know, but it's a cool atmosphere. Rather than like a narrative, I would say. 
What did you tweet, Sam, about um, <laughs> something about just how boring straight people are? Yeah. It was really just about right. That was so funny to well, me. Well, the, the, I tweeted that the true villain of this movie <laughs> yeah. was how boring heteronormativity is. Yes. <laughs> and I truly believe that's what Midsummer is about. It's all these bored straight people go to this place where other bored straight people made rules about how to be this way. And then they live their cycles and die. And it mm. is... I mean, I was watching it like, holy shit, I'm glad I'm gay. But I don't know that, I don't think that's what straight people get when they watch it. No. Of right? Course. No. I doubt <laughs> but I was like, I mean, like, I'm really a- glad Sam's gay. <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs> but I think it's like, so watching it, it felt, I felt so other. And mm-hmm. I don't always mm-hmm. feel like that watching horror. Mm-hmm. I actually, because I think that as queer people, we're used to our windows in being everything. Like, I watch every movie and I'm, I just imagine myself and these are my avatars. But for some reason, Midsummer did not work like that for me. Mm-hmm. I watched this movie and I was like, this is a movie not about me. This is about like, my parents are going to get this. My friends from high school are going to post about it on Facebook. This is not, I'm not interested in these <laughs> human dramas, but I still loved it. Knowing, but from like maybe an anthropological. Yeah. Speaking of your parents though, oh I got God. a text today Stop. from a friend who I didn't even know listens to the show. And literally all it said was like, LOL at Sam's dad and the panty raids. And I cracked up. Yeah. Brennan, thank you for giving my stepdad a microphone in that moment. You're so welcome. Um, we had a live show where my stepdad explained what a panty raid was. <laughs> the and, world needed to know. Oh my God, if anybody's going to walk us through that. <laughs> amazing. I was mortified. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Oh my God. What a... Yeah. What have you? What about you? Have you watched anything recently? Uh, yeah, I, I recently rewatched um, Taking of Pelham One, Two, Three, and Dog Day Afternoon. So um, the original Pelham, or the, yeah, the, okay. the yeah. I mean, come on. Well, the <laughs> not not the uh, was it Tony Scott? I think the other one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. The original and um, and well, I mean, I watched both of them for another podcast, so like I kind of feel like I'm I'm cheating on them talking about it. No, which podcast? But, uh, it's called Sleezoids. Oh, that's a great name. That's I love that. Yeah. They don't listen to this one. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah. Um, but it was great rewatching them because they're both um, just dealing with a grimy early seventies vibe, um, and it was it's very interesting to watch them again. Um, and then I I caught up on the Magicians. Um, so I've I'm, heard great things. Has anyone here seen it? No, interesting. Okay, I'm gonna get a tweet from one of my friends about, about me not continuing to it. have not seen it. I it's I watch so my 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 wife uh, Jess and I produced together, and oh, nice. I had watched the first three seasons without her. Um, like when I was I, I I'm from the UK and I was getting my visa renewed and I was like doing nothing, so I just binge watched it. This is like last year, and then convince her to watch it and i've kind of rewatched the first three with her and now we watch the fourth season together um it's really good like i i i I would highly recommend it um it it feels like the closest thing to what i felt like when i first watched buffy uh, oh okay that's a sound yeah okay yeah sign me up for that Yeah. yeah no it's good and i would say i started it and didn't like it and then a friend of mine who, who's a writer said, you, you gotta, you gotta go for it. And, and I kind of made it. The first season is a little rocky, kind of like Buffy. Yes, mm-hmm. that's how I yeah. felt watching Buffy. And then I think season two, it really takes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Is it on a Netflix or something? I think the first three seasons <laughs> okay. on Netflix. Yeah. 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 That's the problem. Season four, I think you have to like buy it on iTunes, which 
is a commitment. Uh huh. So yeah, no. One, well, two, look, three. If you're Netflix. if you're in that deep, you're committed. No, yeah. The only person I've ever heard say a Netflix is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No. It's not a Netflix. Whatever. <laughs> no, we look. I got pretty dragged on Twitter today for for talking about fanfiction.net last week instead of archive our, of our own. You know, um, what? I was going to bring that up. Were you really? <laughs> Oh, you've been reading the One Direction fanfiction. No, I have right? friends that are really in the fanfiction world, mm-hmm. and uh, and I saw that. I'm like, what is this fanfiction? What is this thing? And yeah, yeah. No, it. Look, I know it exists, but I'm an old man. I don't go on the <laughs> internet anymore for reasons other than to watch movies. <laughs> um, anyway, and also TV, like what I'm about to talk about. Um, on HBO, there is a well, it's like four episodes in, but there's a new show called Losa Spookies that you need to watch um it was created by julio torres who used to write on snl um it's set in mexico city it's such a weird logline i'm just going to give you a bit of the first episode so basically this group of people in mexico city they put on this like kind of horror themed quinceanera for one of their family members or whatever um and so you know there's severed heads and punch bowls and vampires and all kinds of spooky things but they get hired by this priest who works at an orphanage so the orphanage just hired this like hot younger priest who's like from the the vatican and just is super cool and this older priest wants to be impressive to the kids again so he wants to stage an exorcism yes <laughs> um so he hires these people to make that happen and they like get further gigs like it, it's kind of like a you know a monster of the week show but they're creating the monster of the week um the second one is there um it's one of those you stay in this house all night and you win eight million dollars or whatever and they're trying to scare all the people out of the house it's really funny um it's mostly in spanish with english subtitles um and the english scenes which largely include fred armison um are in english with spanish subtitles it's such a bizarre deeply weird show i can't stress enough how strange it is and i'm so glad hbo tossed money at it and put it out um and also julio torres who created it is gay and he's in the show playing a gay character which hooray into it um also i watched one episode of a show i saw on a billboard in la where i was like what the hell is this thing (laughs) um and i only watched one episode because that's all i had time for i'm gonna keep watching it it's called alternatino um I was just looking at this car crash of a title. I was like, this is so many vowels. It's very hard to parse out what it was, but it is a sketch show by Arturo Castro about just what it's like to be millennial and Latino in America. And it's so funny. I mean, it's a sketch show. So, you know, there's on and off sketches, but there is, it's very relevant and like deeply funny in like a very modern way. Like there's a sketch about what happened in Puerto Rico after Trump threw the paper towels at them, like what they did with the paper towels. (laughs) Um, And there's also a really great scene about him dating a white lady who kind of fetishizes Latino dudes. And he's just this kind of like dweeby Guatemalan guy. And she wants him to be this like Latin lover. And it's kind of like the conflict between those two things. It's, it's a really funny show. Is it on Netflix? Or, uh, I'm sorry. Is they, it on a Netflix? Right. Uh, it's it's on a Comedy Central, so you should check it. Out. <laughs> One of them. Oh, anyway, wow. that's that's my my TV for the day. Uh, wow. <laughs> cool. Thanks. God, I wish anybody watched any of my things because I always feel like I'm just lecturing to a room. <laughs> no, like, I'm gonna uh-huh, I'm gonna uh-huh. watch a Spookies. Please, I'm you definitely gonna if, watch that. If you watch anything, watch less of Spookies. No, I'm gonna watch that. It's so funny. It's half an hour. It's in and out real quick. Yeah, I gotta watch something now that I'm done with Game of Thrones. Oh, <gasps> how, what, how do, what do we think? 
I mean, I see why people were disappointed. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Um, but honestly, I would go through anything to be introduced to the character of Brienne of Tarth. Like, yes. I'll watch. <laughs> the whole show is worth it to me because of her. Are we yeah. team Arya also? Do we like Arya? Um, y- yes. Like, there's uh-huh. nothing I dislike about Arya. I, I wish someone had told me before I started that she was a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes her so much cooler. I mean, she's already cool. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, of course, Team Arya. And I definitely, once I saw what she did, you know, what, what yeah, produced yeah. all the memes, which is what made me watch Game of Thrones in the first place, because I was like, I need to know what Arya Stark did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, oh, of course Arya Stark did that. Yeah. I don't know. It was cool. Um, yeah, I liked it. I'm glad you got through it and weren't like, you know, crushed by it at least. No, no, could not be crushed by that. Good. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> only want to be crushed by Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. This is the last show I'm talking about her. That's it. D- d- let it sink in. Yeah, no, I will. <laughs> I will. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> well. So anyway, we're here to talk about something else. And for the record, this is the first time we have ever talked about a film with someone in the room who helped make the film. I'm very nervous about that. (laughs) Go for it. So before the show, Keith was like, don't worry. You know, y'all can be honest. Like, if you have something to say about it, please bring it up. So I just want to make sure that Sam (laughs) knows that because Sam wasn't in the room when Keith said that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Also, I want to make sure you know he was lying. So yeah, not not lying. Um, Yeah. So we're here to talk about the guest. I have a quick snippet of the trailer. Maybe. Here it is. Can I help you? Mrs. Peterson? Uh, yes. <laughs> My name is David. Mrs. Peterson, I, uh, I knew your son, Caleb. I was with him when he died. You know Caleb? Oh, I like yes, this, like, ma'am. country western. We're pretty close. Yes, ma'am. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. He asked me to check on y'all. And so... I am ready to take my horse. I'm gonna be a good friend. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Nothing bad. It's bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, but speaking of Old Town Road, since you brought it up, I, okay. sh- I, sh- I was like, Renee, shoot your shot. <laughs> okay. Asked Lil Nas to be on <laughs> the podcast. Yes. Well, okay. During a live that he was doing. Of course, he didn't read it, uh-huh. but I took a screenshot so that we can post it <gasps> and so that we can have make everyone tag him. <laughs> I love that. Good idea. I mean, I'll tag we should him. get a change.org petition. Yes. Because anyway, but yeah, um, the guest. Love the music from that movie, actually. That trailer made me yeah. feel sexy. <laughs> I'm, but I so did the you. movie, but like, I, I don't know. Yeah, like halfway through that trailer, I was feeling myself. <laughs> I saw you. You was like you was out in the desert. It was heating up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So here we are. Here we are. Do we have shady summaries? Yeah, do we? I have I have something that I that I thought of, but of course I don't want to go first. So um, if there's yeah. someone else. Sure. Um I can start. Uh a bunch of people ignore warning signs because a really hot guy is nice to them. <laughs> That's true of yeah, any right. room, basically. <laughs> also, like coincidentally, that shitty summary summarizes my last relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. but also the guest. Yeah, I think we've all ignored red flags because something's attractive, something or someone. Yeah. yeah. It's just what we do. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, mine was just that we really need more services for veterans. <laughs> we really, really do. Yes. Um, mine is, I'm not sure the world needed two more beautiful blonde people, but thank you to the guest for bringing me Dan Stevens and Micah Monroe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you prepare one, Keith? Or You know, I didn't really prepare one, but yeah. I would say that um, – this this may get into kind of what I want to talk about with okay. the movie, which is that I I think that at its heart it's a movie about um, not trusting a toxic ally. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Deep. That's deep. My first question is: um, Would your mom let this man into your house? Each of you go. Okay, because well, mine would. My mom. <laughs> you know, not only that, he's there before she's. I feel like she opens the door and sees him. He's inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, mm-hmm. my mom would let him in. I would let him. My in. mom would. I would not, but my mom would. Yeah. Honestly, my mom would. I don't think she would. Nice. My mom is very cautious of strangers. Yes, I it's live. Like, no, you're not crossing this threshold. Like, tell me ten facts about Brennan. Yes. <laughs> I live for that because my mom would be like, oh, honey, as soon as she heard military and like her kid. Uh, exactly. And she would think he's cute. She would let him in the house immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a culture with people who have served. Like my stepdad was in the army and like whenever they meet them, yeah, uh, they meet yeah. each other. I mean, it's automatically, it's kind of like us, it's family. Mm-hmm. So I could, when I saw that, I was like, yep, this is real. Yeah. I definitely was like, it would take maybe Three to ten seconds for my my mom. (laughs) People come up to my mom all the time and are like, oh, I'm one of um, your kids' friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my mom, she'll call me and she'll be like, I don't know who it was. And she'll try to describe them to me. I'm like, mom, that tells me nothing. (laughs) But she, she, I know that she point blank believed them immediately. Mm -hmm. And so if they showed up at the door, she would definitely let them in. And oh, I'm no. terrified now, and I need to call her after this. Yeah, you should warn her <laughs> that if there are any like creepy listeners, they just heard that and they're yeah. ready. My mom will, she will befriend you, but that's that's a problem for you, not her. Honestly, so <laughs> what David reminded me of is like you know when you're on Grinder and or yeah. whatever app, but like somebody really hot doesn't have their Instagram linked and they don't want to send more pictures, mm-hmm. but they want to come over and you're like, fuck, well, do I let them because they're really my type or whatever it is? <laughs> whatever but you think they're is, not. Yeah. Gi- they're not giving me all the basic information I would require from a human. That's what this movie was <laughs> for me. Ooh. It was it's true. One thirty in the morning on a dating app. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're so right. I'm not, like my jaw. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, not everything you need, but they do. Well, and I think of because of who he is, like you know, it's this like quote unquote clean cut white guy at the door who mm-hmm. says he's in the military. They didn't see him five minutes ago running down the road because that opening shot was terrifying. As <laughs> oh soon as God, I saw yeah. those boots, I was like, no, no, sir. I already know this, this man um, mm-hmm. was or is in the military and I'm already scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was this your first time watching the movie? Yes. yes. Sam, was it your first time? Not my first time. Okay. Keith, was it your first time? You know, I didn't rewatch it because I've seen it like hundreds of times. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. But I listened to the soundtrack on, on the drive over uh, here, so I feel oh, refreshed. I mean, really, that's such an integral part of the fabric of the movie Definitely. that makes perfect sense as a rewatch to me. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Definitely. I loved the soundtrack. I don't know that I'd listen to it in my car, but (laughs) I really enjoyed that part of the movie for sure. And would be like, oh, when the music would shift really intensely, I'd be like, oh, I I don't actually know what's going to happen, but I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I have a playlist on my iTunes that I've titled For David, Um, like the mixtape in the movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) It's like selections from the guest and others, like 
heavy synth songs that I think like would fit in well with that world. It's, That's amazing. So it's like like what Anna's mixtape would be. Basically. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. I've that. kind of extrapolated. Wow, it. you're not a nerd or anything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> also, um, anytime my boyfriend is on my iTunes, he's like, "Who the hell is David?" And like, I told you. <laughs> oh wow, Sergio. I know. We we watched the movie together, and I was like, "Every <laughs> every time." I'm into that. Also, the emotional moment where she doesn't give him the CD, but he finds it. I feel like that's a whole, there's a whole generation of people who won't know what that really yeah. feels yes. like. When you put everything yes. into making somebody a mix, but then you change your mind, mm-hmm. and then he gets it anyways. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> or that is a time and a place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's the reverse, too, of like they receive it, and they're so cold to it, and they clearly never listen to it. Right. And like, I poured my whole being into this. Yes, James Hawkins, if you're out there. Come on. <laughs> You know what, though? I actually, someone had an old mixtape that I had made for this like group thing years ago. And I remember someone that I dated, like, one of the first things we like connected on was she had listened to this mixtape and she like knew every song on the mix. And I was like, you know what? The other side of that's a little, is a little much. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, that's another one of those red flags. This is, I'm now realizing that this is a motif in things I've been involved with because the whackness also has a mixtape. You did the whackness yeah. too? Yeah. You've done every movie. <laughs> no. no, my, my roommate was obsessed with Olivia Thurlby. So the whackness was a topic of conversation like every 20 minutes. <laughs> wow. Mixtapes. Mixtapes. I made a uh, Spotify playlist recently um, okay. and was thinking about how I will never burn another CD. And I wonder what the last CD I burned was. Oh. Um, but yeah, I guess playlists are the new mixtapes. I, I saw some startup is actually now making tape players where you can make your own mixtapes and so. listen to them with Bluetooth headsets. And I think that may be the new oh. retro comeback thing. That sounds so complicated. Yeah, yeah it really does, you, right? You make... Wait, is it a real cassette <laughs> yeah. but with Bluetooth? Yeah, it's so you can listen to it with your, ear, with your AirPods, but play a cassette. The future scares me. <laughs> okay. So since I was a teenager, I journal by making mixed CDs every month. And I title really? something different. And I try and tell stories of what's going on with me, but through the songs. Oh, wow. And so I have a stack of CDs at home. But then, you know, obviously you talk about not, we always just do playlists now. So I have like one rule, which is like my playlist has to be able to fit on a burn CD. That's a good rule. Oh. And when you do that, it makes your playlist bomb because you have to make cuts. And mm-hmm. we don't have an, we're not even in an age anymore where we have to cut anything. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Good point. The art to the mix. <laughs> wow. No, and there, there is an art to it. Like it's it's such a fun thing. We we should really have Rob G on to talk about this. Honestly, I feel like I'm taking words right out of his like sphere. Um, but yeah, like crafting that for someone is such a process. And I don't know. It it, it really feels like something special. I do have a question. What do we okay. think was on for David? <laughs> like, was there Hillary Duff? Like, I just I want mean, to know. No. It's the year's we, 2014. We've seen her edge but please we know two of the songs that are on it right, right. i mean there's antonio what the berlin remix the berlin breakdown berlin, yeah berlin breakdown and then the other one that i don't remember right now probably a clan of zymox song or something the, the concept is that she in this small town it's like something that adam had in his own life which is that um in these in small towns they can get into weird music altogether, mm. and that that was his idea is like in this town they just all got into this like weird like techno like mm-hmm. techno stuff and this kind of like german industrial music and it's just that's the what the local scene are listening to right now that makes yeah. sense. funny that yeah. totally makes sense yeah yeah 
I yeah. do want to believe that there's some Hillary Duff on there, though. <laughs> which <laughs> she, which I think she listens though. to Hillary Duff, but she's embarrassed and wouldn't put it on. Yeah, the I don't think she right. yeah. put it on there. Because you you're trying do to it on a mix CD, you can do it ironically. You're like, oh, here's the Come Clean remix. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that aren't I? And that's that how you song do it. Just testing it. Out. Was my breakup song for my first relationship? Oh my god, Let the rain falls. <laughs> A funny oh thing here is that Hillary Duff auditioned for that role. What? Stop what? Yeah. I'm not going to say mistakes were made <laughs> because I love yeah. the choice yeah. you made. Yeah, for sure. But what? Yeah. yeah. That's wild. I can't even <laughs> compute that. You could have had like Cadet Kelly Part 2 on your hands. <laughs> I don't even want to know who else was up for David because that was a specimen. <laughs> You know, I, I had, know. I had to keep reminding else? myself throughout the movie that this was an attractive man. I know I talk about this a lot, but you know, like when he comes out of the bathroom and she's like speechless. Sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my first response was like, "Get the fuck out of my way!" I go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why would you think that I give a shit that you're out here in your towel? And then I, ha- I was like, Renee, imagine it's somebody that you find very attractive, and they walk out. <laughs> oh <laughs> Brand my god! Tarth, right? Her walk- head would smash through the top of the door. <laughs> first of all. <laughs> You know, it's Sorry, funny still you thinking said, about that. Because during the shower scene when he got out of the door, I was like doing the same kind of thing. So I was like, imagine he has chest hair. <laughs> 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 then you'll get why everybody feels this way. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you would act like a dumbass outside the bathroom if Brianna Tarth opened the door. I, you would. Okay. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I love Luke. Yeah. That little baby. I did too. So what do you think? Do you think he is queer? Do you think he's just bullied for it? <laughs> I think we should talk and then let Keith talk yeah. about okay. the intention behind it. Because, I mean, listen to our Elm Street 3 episode. We talk about interpretation versus intention. And those can mm-hmm. often be very different things. I think that could be an interesting conversation. Yeah. I did not find him to be queer personally. Um, I think a lot of straight people are given the label of queer because that's the easiest thing to insult a boy in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those people are right. And the queer people are like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but most of the time it, I feel like it's a catch all and that's not something that I personally read into the movie. Mm. I was thinking about how hate crime laws protect folks. Like if, if someone calls you a faggot and then, you know, beats you up. That's even mm-hmm. if you're not gay, like that's a hate crime because yeah. it protects like perceived mm-hmm. sexualities and whatnot. That's good. Um, and how can you prove that? Right. You know? Right. But I was like, oh, that I hadn't necessarily thought about that part of the law until, you know, um, he's throwing around like that was a hate crime. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, like it doesn't matter what someone actually is. It's the mm-hmm. percent, like the perception is part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't necessarily read that kid as queer either. Um, and I think you're right that that's like the first thing kids go to, especially with like young men. So I don't know. What also, do think, I could Sam? not believe how helpful that principle was when he said hate crime. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, even like two years ago and not to get too dark, but like, I had somebody like threaten to kill me because some fucking amped up bro jock who mm-hmm. just like comes from, and, and I got to the police station and they're just like, well, where you know, are you did you meet him on a dating app? What a weird thing to ask. It's also, wouldn't even take the police report. This is in Orange in Southern California, guys. So, I mean, this is like in our and this I'm like, can you at least like make a note that I was here in case I show up dead cuz like I want to make sure people and, he's, and they wouldn't even record that I was there. So, oh my god. And all I'm saying is, we are in a world where when I saw that principal <laughs> jump in and be like, "Oh yeah, like this like this is a hate crime." I, I was stunned because I feel like time and again, we've seen even school districts, teachers, people not step up to the plate for queer people, mm-hmm. especially 
queer people. I I will say based on personal experience with a controversy at my high school, um, if something has happened at that school before, he okay. probably does not want something to happen again. Yeah, that's true. Um, because I do not want to get into the details, but um, my high school was involved in a very ill-conceived senior theme day that most people ignored because it was stupid, um, but did involve, it was a pun on seniors and it involved seniors and people dressed in like stereotypical Mexican garb. It was like three people because everyone else was like, this is idiotic. Um, But you know, it blew up and became a real thing. And the principal left in disgrace. Um, so if anything like that had ever happened, like the fair, that is not a small thing to happen. That was hideous and horrible. And I'm ashamed to be anywhere near that. Um, but that's smaller than actual physical violence. And if anything like that happens at a school, people are on it. Um, after that, after the first time. And I can only speak to my own personal experience of not feeling protected at school or in situations like uh-huh. that. I know that that's not everybody. Not everybody is a bad cop. Not everybody's a bad school. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that there are people out there who are uh, good advocates. I don't want to send, but you know, I'm just skeptical when I see an oh, institution yeah. and somebody bring up queerness. It's like, all right, here we go. That's why I was so shocked. I was like, oh, this is how this is going to play well, out. He was prepared to not care. Yeah. That is yeah. true. That's oh, yeah. but the idea of like embroiling the school in a public scandal. Yeah, he. I, that was a smart move. He didn't care whether Luke was gay or not. He cared that he was going to be right. in trouble. He's like, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. such a good yeah. button on that scene. It was. Yeah, it really was. Because it's it's interesting. It's like whether someone is or isn't like no one should act this way. And I think folks think that like if um, like certain groups of people aren't present in who they have to take care of or like mm-hmm. who they have to oversee that they don't have to worry about those things. And it's like, Oh, well I didn't even know you were gay or I would have done something, but you wouldn't have. Yeah. You and it reminds have. me of the Busher Baker nightmare maker, <laughs> but the question as to whether or not that character is gay. Mm. It's like, it comes up a lot. People call him, queer whatever in the film and then at the end of the day we never get a solid answer because he doesn't defend himself and i like that he doesn't defend himself Mm -hmm. that's something i liked in the guest he he never Mm -hmm. he doesn't defend himself or or try and take those words and and throw them back it's like no i'm not i'm straight look at this like there is an ambiguity to it Mm -hmm. were you just on another podcast recently talking about no, I didn't. No. I did an interview about it. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. like, did I read something? Yeah, it was with um, Daily Dead. Cute. Yeah, I love Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. That movie's nuts. Yeah, um, nice. but Keith, yes, we've been talking about this. What? What? What is it? <laughs> Tell us. No, I, I, you, you, all your all the things you're talking about are are what we wanted it to be. So, so the, okay. the, the approach was very much that we didn't want to make the film a definitive record of Luke's sexuality. And I think that 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 part of the reason is dealing with the things you're talking about, which is the 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 nuance of the idea of it's a hate crime whether or not. And and also mm-hmm. that the perspective characters are the movie's only in Luke's perspective for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And and my view, and I think this kind of matches what Simon Adams' view would be, is that Luke is is in many ways younger than his age. And I think he is actually Probably somewhere in the queer spectrum, but is not really sure where that lands, or maybe um, hasn't like grown into it yet. Yes, and I think, and I do think that that 
David being in his life is making him start to think about some of those things in another way too. Oh, it would, it would make me think about those things. <laughs> right. Right. Well, here. if you're, if I had a friend who like took me to a bar and then beat a bunch of bunch of beat a bunch of kids who were fucking with me, yeah. like I would have a crush on that person. <laughs> True. And, and that, and that, <laughs> I would argue that David is playing towards that. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying oh, to yeah, create so that relationship. And I think that's yeah. what's yeah. creating. Yeah. The, considering things differently. No, totally. Yeah. He tries to create and control all of the relationships yeah. that he has with people. So sure. to be clear, then it, the ambiguity is intentional. Yes, playing with the idea that David, or sorry, that Luke might be queer. Yes, why not just make him queer? Good question. I mean, it is actually something we brought, talked about in development. I, it is something that I will be honest. Like I actually was pushing for that, and mm-hmm. and I, it was just a choice that that the writer director made. So I, I always just get. I'm always curious at where where that line is, or where that ceiling yeah. is, and why. You know, and, and most of the time I don't get a real solid answer. So I just figured, why not find out? Like, what like for you, what what would change? I mean, that's cool that you were advocating yeah. for it. What what would that change, and and why do you think that might be difficult, or at least in 2014? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that yeah. I, I if we were to make the movie now, I think we probably would. I would push stronger for that. But I think part of that is that I think that for me, really over the last few years, I've become more cognizant of trying to put people on screen in, in ways they wouldn't always see themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it is a bit of a cop-out to make it ambiguous rather than to um, to, to, to have it be answered. But I, I, also, I also don't know how – I don't know how we would do it in this specific movie because I don't yeah. think that it's something that that um, that con- the context of Luke's character in the movie is that he doesn't really have anyone else in his life. So mm-hmm. it's not like we could see him in a relationship with another person, really. Um, it's more is there a way that we could express that through him talking to David about it um, or 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 something like that. It, it's it's a tricky one because it, mm-hmm. it's not as as. Luke as a character is so introverted that he doesn't really talk about much of anything about himself. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's what? He's 14 in this movie? He's supposed to be, I think, 14, 15, like okay. in that range, yeah. Because, like, I came out relatively early, mm-hmm. like, comparatively to a lot of people, but at 14, I still had no idea, like, what was going on in there. And I would say, like, <laughs> age-wise, like, for me and, and, and the other people who worked in the movie, like, we're now mid to late thirties, so probably early to mid thirties. And I, I think that my experience in high school in the nineties and my friends who, who, who had come out or didn't come out in that time period. And this was in New York, a very different place. Um, I'm probably, I, our movie is probably not as representative of 2014. It's probably more representative of our own understanding of, of how teenagers are. So I, I, yeah, I think that there are probably a lot more people coming out in 2014. In, in, in my high school, there was one guy that came out and then he just knew everyone else who was gay because they all came out to him, but not to anyone else. Yeah. So yeah, that's more my understanding, but it's, I'm sure it's not at all what it's actually like in 2014. And I'm not trying to come for it. I just, I'm just curious, you know, about the process yeah. behind it, you know? Um, and, and making those decisions uh, just because we see a lot of ambiguity, you know, in, yeah. in the films that we watch. So, and you're actually here. <laughs> Please, I, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I wonder, you know, it's like if when queer people make a movie and if they were to to leave out or to like include that ambiguity and not have someone like come out 
officially what what that is like versus people who aren't queer and who leave it ambiguous. Mm. Like I just wonder if I would feel differently about the choice depending on who was making it. I don't know. I would argue, and maybe this hasn't come across in the movie, is that David is also left intentionally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. I feel um, – yeah. I feel oh, yeah. like that one was real clear to me. Okay. You mean Where, him not getting the boner in that sex scene? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. who hasn't not gotten a boner yeah. having sex with <laughs> yeah. well, the gender yes. that they're not normally attracted to? So I would say that, that a lot of uh, – listen, a lot of times when, when you're making a movie, it especially a movie that's trying to do a lot of things, you, you kind of – and because we have a tendency to pace things up really fast – it's it's hard to figure out which things you want to underplay and which things you want to overplay. I would say that for David, we were definitely intending for David to come across not as a heteronormative straight like guy, and that that and I think some implications we were trying to play with is that maybe his relationship with the son was not as just as friends. Hmm. Um, and that yeah. Anyway, that's that's stuff that we're exploring, but like a, a lot of it is not explicit in the movie. So for me, that reads, I don't know, but, but that's, and I'm always looking for myself in these things when we watch them, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, for when I, to answer your question from earlier, I didn't see when I, with Luke, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel like he was queer and maybe like if he had been cast differently, he's a great actor, but it didn't, he just read, didn't read as I'm like, oh, that's one of me, you know? Mm -hmm. And not that you have to be a certain stereotype for that, but there's something about casting queer people as queer people, but you're right. He's younger. So, but with David, and maybe it's this isn't the directing, but everybody in this town wanted to fuck David. Oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so the camera wanted. Didn't, to fuck. Yeah, the cam- <laughs> it, it is just he was the Halloween decorations wanted to fuck David. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't escape it. Yeah. Um, so I think that in that way, the whole thing feels queer before we even have that boner moment. Yes, <laughs> I definitely that read to me as well. Um, also loved the like Halloween setup oh, my that God, everyone yes. was preparing for Halloween. <laughs> That was amazing. Living. (laughs) When we first walked on on, in the house set where it's all set up for Mm -hmm. Halloween, our our production designer had – the general approach is that he will put on too much stuff and then the director pulls stuff away. Mm -hmm. And he was shocked that we didn't pull anything away. (laughs) It was just like the full-on everything Halloween decorations everywhere. Yeah. And – well, the the really exciting thing about everyone getting set up for Halloween is that it was still really sunny outside <laughs> and really hot, and that reminds yeah. me of my beloved California right. Halloweens, where yeah, it's totally. eighty degrees. Yeah. Um, but yeah, about David, it's interesting that both of you kind of had the same reaction to the the infamous boner scene, mm-hmm. um, because what I got from it is that he was kind of asexual. Like mm. I got that he was he was nothing, like because he's barely a human at this point. He's a Terminator man. <laughs> um, so I was like, he can fake the funk when he needs to. But I thought that was more of a mask that he put on more than like he's into any gender. But that was my reading of it. Um, yeah, I hear that because it kind of felt like he was so manipulative and scary. Yes. That there was no kind of genuine attraction to anything or anyone like mm-hmm. it wasn't, and that wasn't even on the table. So I can totally see where you got that from. Yeah. His attraction is his goals. It yeah. is his mission. Yeah. yeah. You know, I really, I was disappointed when the whole medical experiment thing came to light. I wanted him to just be insane. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. However, it, it did have me think a lot. I mean, I think, 
and I say this, I'm trying to be thoughtful about how I say this because I haven't articulated it out loud, but it had me think, I mean, I'm like, is war not, war is a medical experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People who fight in it and people who live through it and people who die through it. And when I was thinking about our lack of services for veterans um, and how much support those folks don't have when they come home from doing things that they really need help to process. I'm like that, that is a medical experiment. Mm -hmm. That's not, Mm -hmm. not that. Mm -hmm. So that helped me feel like it, it was more, it wasn't, what's the word I want? Like there wasn't some kind of weird, unexplainable and not understandable medical experiment thing happening out in the desert that I had to like really wrap my imagination around. It was really easy for me to be like, actually all of it is a a medical experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like a metaphorical, like microcosm of the kind of bigger yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. And that's not to say that all veterans need services or like are part of some larger medical experiment. Yeah, but, but if they do need services, they should get them. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think myself having worked with so many homeless folks in LA, it's like I've of course worked with hundreds of thousands of veterans because the services are severely lacking. And it kind of feels like, I mean, in, in from like a public health standpoint, I'm like that. It's not not a medical experiment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, it, it's hard to transition from such a somber but like important note. Um, but I did have a question regarding like if we're viewing Luke as a queer character, um, something that is talked about in a lot of queer circles in terms of like if you're specifically someone of a certain gender who's attracted to someone of the same gender um when you're attracted to someone is it like do you want to date them do you want to be them like do you ever have a trouble parsing that out because i know some i've I've heard people talk about like trying to figure out how they feel about someone like that does that that make sense for everybody yeah it's for everybody Oh, I mean, most definitely. I mean, I something I think about often, especially when, um, I mean, I identify as a dyke and I think I will die identifying <laughs> as a dyke. Uh-huh. But the older I get, the more, because I'm a cisgendered person, I feel like my understanding of gender is obviously child's play compared to anyone uh-huh. who's had to really question and investigate their gender and like other people's expectations of their bodies. Um, and so the older I get and the more I understand about how complex gender is, it's like even hearing like something like same sex or like bisexual and thinking of like two sexes, just, it mm-hmm. feels so small. And I'm like, well, I, I don't, I don't know that it always rings true or like is something that's very steadfast. And I think that mm-hmm. because it's so dynamic, but there are so many ways that we are attracted to people, whether it's romantic or mm-hmm. sexual or sexual and romantic or, um, God, I saw a really good breakdown the other day of like all the different ways that we're attracted to folks and like how you can kind of like understand your attractions through these lenses. Well, cause, well or, or like, cause there's a di- the difference between like a crush, which is more like a sexual or physical attachment. And then yeah. like the asexual squish, which is like, <laughs> I want to, you know, be in like a friend relationship or like be connected with you mm-hmm. um, yeah. without the like erotic or romantic element. Yeah. Um, but do you ever struggle to parse it out in your own like dating sphere? Yeah. I don't ever <laughs> not struggle with anything. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Oh, yes, I'm just, just going to throw this mic. Um, I 
feel like I have that a lot. I don't know. I just, uh, especially being somebody who I have the fantasy of like being like a straight person and being able to walk into like a grocery store. Is that what you guys meet? Um, you know, and just be able to hit on anybody. Um, so I frequently, you know, I'll shoot my shot and just be like, Hey, you know, you're, and I, I frequently find they're not queer. Go figure, you know? Um, and, but in that experience, I, I think that there are many people who don't identify as queer, but will have a same sex encounter. I think there are many people who romantically feel one way about a gender, but don't romantically feel that way about the other. I mean, it's so complex. So I, I, I relate to you, Nate, in a sense where I feel like as I get older, I find myself less identified. I personally don't even usually use the word gay when I identify. I just use the word queer because it feels mm-hmm. more encompassing of a lot of things that as I understand gender and sexuality um, uh, better, I realize that it's I'm just not straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know no, at totally. the end of the day, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, uh, that, this, that David, I, I thought that the movie, I think that the movie treats him in a queer way. Yeah. I don't actually feel that David is queer. That was, but I understand uh-huh, uh-huh. that the movie does, or it treats him that way that the camera does. That everybody wants to fuck David. Essentially, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm really being reductive here, but I think that I walked away from this movie not wanting him on our team. Like, oh, please don't <laughs> yeah. be queer, please, because I don't want another crazy queer person coming to destroy the fabric of heterosexuality. No, <laughs> I mean, I do. I want to be. I want to destroy the fabric of sexuality. Whatever. You okay. Know. Well, fair. Yeah. The words that he said. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, but no, that's actually, I'm really, I don't know, interested that you brought that up in terms of like in a society where the meaning of gender is being understood more and more and expanding in such ways that are just out of the bounds of what the conversation has been for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I also struggle with the idea of like, what does being a gay man mean? What does it mean to me? Um, just in the sense of like, what is gender presentation versus sex versus whatever. And that's a really interesting issue that I think everybody has to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, also in the heterosexual world, um, we're creeping in there. We're coming around the edges. (laughs) Um, but yeah, cause everything is nothing. Like there is no, there's not actually any rules to any of this. And it's, I don't know. I have no answers, but I just think it's a really interesting, like crazy mind expanding mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. Cause it just, it has to be more complicated than that because people are more complicated than that. And uh-huh. it's like, if I think about my own life, I have dated people who at the time identified as women, but those people are not women. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't feel like that. It doesn't make me feel less gay or less queer or whatever. Um, but it does make me quite, it's like, I can't say that I'm just attracted to this, like the same sex. That just feels weird. I don't, cause I don't even know what other people are when I'm attracted to them necessarily. You yeah. Know? Because mm-hmm. it like that, yeah. that transition or coming out or whatever, doesn't make you not having been attracted to them. Yeah. It doesn't take that away. Exactly. 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 You, you might be like, um, it, it, yeah, it like feeds into your understanding of who that person is. Um, but doesn't necessarily reflect that much on who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that life is hard. I need to figure it out. <laughs> you know, we're having this conversation about queer identity in the presence of somebody who is straight, presumably. Yeah, I think um, I'm straight. And I'm curious as to, um, you brought up earlier about toxic allies. Yeah. 
you are an ally. You're here. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about your thoughts on that um, because I, I actually didn't really. I, I I think I made a noise like mm, when you said it because <laughs> it's thoughtful, but I don't know that I'm totally. I totally get it. Like, sure. could you could you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I will say something on the point you said before. Yeah, I do yeah. want to talk about first, which is that Please. one of the big talking points for us when we were developing the movie and in pre production and kind of figuring out what the approach to the filmmaking would be was that to avoid to that this movie would avoid the traditional heteronormative male gaze as a camera right and i think that that the you you've completely clued into it that it the movie in terms of how it views its characters is very omnisexual and 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 queer like it's 100% by design and mm-hmm. i think that that that's something also i think adam fetishizes everything it's kind of like his his approach mm-hmm. um like, but it's something but- that we were very very Cognizant of and aiming for and trying to do. Yes, Um, that's so so interesting. I mean, especially because like I, I find that Adam Wingard is very talented at shooting images of drinks being poured. (laughs) In the opening scene of Your Next, there's a scene of him making like the orange juice drink, and then this scene when the bartender is mixing the drinks that he's going to be delivering to the table. I'm like, I want to fuck those drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have always been like these. I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but I'm like, I want this poured all over. This is a beautiful image, and I don't understand. But like you saying, (laughs) yeah. But it's in, it's very intentional. I would say, especially yeah. especially with the guest. I think of all the movies mm-hmm. Adam's done, and at least all the movies I've been involved with, that's the one where it was a lot of a lot of effort was put into that, and and that came not just from the camera, but really all the departments in terms of. I mean, in particular with David and with Anna, it's it's the the costume design and makeup and hair and, mm-hmm. and the approach all that stuff was too hyper hypersexualized aspects of them in way, in, in ways that were not the typical um, heteronormative approach. I would say that was the approach. Oh, so just in like an omni everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the dad's death really, oh. really saddened me. Yeah. I don't know why. Cause I didn't even particularly like him before <laughs> he died, but that felt brutal. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, it, it is. I mean, I think the, the, the place where we lose a lot of n- more normie audiences <laughs> is like, then it's when the parents get killed. And I think mm-hmm. that, and I think that you either kind of go with, Oh, okay. I really was wrong to think maybe David is a solution to their problems or <laughs> more. You don't, you know? And I think that, that, um, because we were an independent movie, we were able to kind of maybe push that a little further than we would have mm-hmm. been able to at a studio. I also think it probably hurt us at the box office, but you know, mm. that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the risk though. Yeah. Like, but I want to come back. So I'm sorry. I feel like I did not get to the question you were asking me. So oh, but I, okay. I want to, though. Yeah. Oh, I love that you brought it back because I was like, oh, here he goes. Sneaky snake. No, not trying to. <laughs> um, yes, let's talk about it. I mean, I'm yeah. especially curious because you're talking about the intention. Yeah. And, and intention is the one thing we never get to do. Sure. You know, but you're right here. And, say, you know, as an ally, yeah. you have had these conversations. We are going to include this in the film or we're going to be ambiguous about this. Yeah. So I'm. it's twofold because I do want to hear – talking about him as a toxic ally, but also yeah. your experience being a good ally mm. or, or what trying was, to. or trying to, I mean, what kind of conversations went into the thought that you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that 
I can first of all say intention is I'm a producer on the movie, so my intention only goes so far. Like I know what mm-hmm. I wanted to express in the movie, Fair. and I know and I know what the conversations were around the movie and the things we talked about. But any movie is a is a collaborative process that reflects you know a lot of people's thoughts. Absolutely. So well said. So um, you know, I, I'll just put that out there first. Um, I think that that David as a character is designed to be. A version of the monkey's paw story, the the sort of be careful what you wish for mm. situation, right? So so he mm. is is a is a, mm. a, a seductive genie in a way, like he's coming into the <laughs> into their Ooh. life, um, and he is at first making things better in in ways that are just over the edge of what you would accept and what mm-hmm. and what you maybe think is good. And then over the course of the movie, that line just keeps getting pushed, and he's and he's kind of shading that window of acceptability more towards extreme mm-hmm. things, right? Wow. Um, like that's the design of the character and kind of how he works in the story. So I would say that 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 where I find the interesting parallels, and really the, the Toxic Ally approach is more, it wasn't how I would have been talking about it at the time, it's how I'm thinking about it now too. So I'm, sure. I'm kind of talking as a combination of intention and reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that with the movie, a lot of what I take from it now is – the danger of 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 feeling like you don't have the answers to your own problems and seeking those answers with someone that's empowered in ways that you feel like you're not empowered and um mm. and once you do that you you sort of lose control of how the problem will be solved and any of the kind of the the secondary effects that come along with that mm. um and i think that you know it's something that that i think feels what the world is dealing with now. Like I think there is, there are a lot of people who are trying to help use their power and influence to help people that don't have power and influence. And I don't know that they're always thinking through how to do that and what the ramifications of that are, or even listening to the people they're trying to help. Wow. So David is Taylor Swift's video for you need to calm down. (laughs) Brennan. (laughs) No, but that's really interesting. Like people in power with good intentions don't always give you what you need. Yeah, I think that's that's yeah. the history of Shit. of a lot of things, right? I mean, that's what's yes. happening to sex workers around the world right now, right? I mean, yes, yeah, yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you're absolutely right. I love that idea. I, it's like there's some folks in who are in that toxic allyship where the intentions are excellent. And usually um, the way it comes to fruition is excellent. And you're like, okay, like that's, that's great. But then there's this other part where it just goes off the rails a little bit. (laughs) Um, And it, and it causes a lot of harm along the way. And I was thinking, I was really thinking about this the other day because it's like when I am with friends who are white and they start like flipping off the cops that walk by or something. (laughs) And I'm like, I feel you, but you got to step away from me because I'll actually die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, I get that you are feeling like some kind of way right now. And I feel that as well. But sometimes people are, when you are not a part of that community or like that message comes from a different place and not from a lived experience, you might, the execution might just be a little off. And so I think that's something to think about a lot more. I'm like, I want to think about that a lot more and how that kind of manifests and the ways that I even do that with the privileges that I have. I think that's really interesting. 
Yeah, it, it's always good to, even if you're like, you know, the wokest, most like progressive, outspoken person you can be. It's so good to constantly examine like intention versus effect versus mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Is like, mm-hmm. how can I be better to to support the people that I'm trying to support and need to support? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm lost now. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, this whole thing is reminding me of an ongoing thing I see on Twitter a lot with in the horror community, especially where it's like we see um, men in power who have been making movies or maybe they're, you know, figureheads in our community. Some of them speaking up because we've been asking. We want voices. Right. And so then during Pride Month, we saw a few different people speaking up or taking stands or maybe doing you know something pride related. And then I saw a lot of backlash, too. And it's like, well, where have you been and how you know and, and asking a lot of questions, which are important questions. And it's important that we interrogate those things. But I think there's also a skepticism that comes with it that's earned an earned skepticism of allies. But like it is it's tough to know who you can trust. And so I yeah. think that if we learned anything from the guests, it's just trust hot people, right? <laughs> so just pick your hottest ally, put all your eggs in his basket. Please, please don't. <laughs> please do not. <laughs> Did I read that wrong? Is that not? <laughs> I mean, I think that's what people do. Yeah. I think that like being hot gives people social capital and like makes people tr- trustworthy and attractive in ways beyond like just sexually. And I think you're right. I think people do naturally attract naturally trust people they find attractive more mm-hmm. than people that they don't. Yeah. That's like, I'm pert- That's like human. Yeah. That's about as unequivocally true as I can say without actually looking up statistics, but <laughs> that feels very true. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why have you ever been around people who are like, I don't know why all my friends are so hot. And you're like, cause you pick them. They're your <laughs> yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. Like we all do that. I think all my friends are hot too, because they're my friends. Like we all, <laughs> Like that attraction comes in all forms. Also, you must be a terrible person if you look around at your friend group and like, like man, my ugly. friends are ugly. Yeah. Right, fuck <laughs> like, you, man. <laughs> right, why are you here? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, do you think this movie gets a pride float? <laughs> That's a question. That's quite a question. I'm going to say... With all due respect to Keith, and I love the guest, I'm going to say no. Just because while I think we've driven some really interesting conversations, especially ones that I didn't think we were going to have about this movie specifically, um, for me, like the guest is a movie that's very much about surfaces, and that's a good thing. That's literally what Keith was talking about. It's about fetishizing the world and this kind of omnidirectional lust in a certain way but i think it's possible and it's a good thing to dig deep into the movie but i don't know that it's necessarily asking you to it's there for the taking but it's this glorious like genre gem that's really beautiful and stunning Mm -hmm. but i i don't you you need to do the work and i don't know that it it's necessarily doing all of the work to give that to everyone yeah if that makes sense i hear that um, so I'm going to say no, but the guest is a movie that look, I have the playlist. Like it is very close to my heart. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. What so for me, no, it doesn't get a pride float, but I don't think it wants one. I think it just, 
I think it's going to go to the parade. <laughs> you know, and I think that that reading, that queer reading of, or or that reading of Toxic Allies, my God, that gets a pride float, or at least a picture of a pride float that gets retweeted and then talked about on Twitter and then thrown in people's faces. <laughs> so it's exhausting. You quote tweet it with LMAO and that gets more likes than the original tweet. Yes. Um, but I, but no, I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily wants one, but no, not for me. Yeah, I think we have enough toxic ally floats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do. Budweiser we anyway. Right. Chase Bank. Whatever. Oh um, my God, yeah. Yeah, I think it doesn't get a float. I think you're right. I don't think it necessarily wants one. It definitely comes to the parade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Who does it bring with question. it to the parade? It's a good question. Actual queer people. I think uh-huh. it's actual <laughs> queer people, hopefully. Um, but I do think it maybe hand, you know, it helps hand out some literature about bullying yeah. <laughs> or purple shirt day oh, or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, grown up Luke could come and he could be played by Ezra Miller, right? Yes. So when Luke whoops that kid's ass. Oh my, oh my God. God. This, the noise on that oh, scene. Yeah. Ugh, I loved it. Yes. It was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Ooh, into it. Oh yeah. That was so good. Oh, also, yeah, before we go, my favorite line of the movie um, is, <laughs> Perfect. It perfectly fits with your idea of toxic allyship in the sense of like, he has been such a hero and a protector for Luke. But then at the point where he, he is too far gone and he's like, you know what? Bring a knife to school. <laughs> like, if, yeah. if, if the bullies aren't scared of you, like go to their homes, burn them down with their families <laughs> yeah. inside. And it's like, I think that's a perfect microcosm of what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. true. Oh my God. Like, yeah. By the time he's beyond the pale, it is too late. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I, by the way, I would agree. It definitely should not have a pride for it. Oh, thank you. So. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I I loved that movie. It was super fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And thanks for all the insight. Yes. No, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. Cool. And it's, opening the door to tough questions because I think that yeah. speaking of allies, I wish more people would be open in the way that you have been totally. today. I feel like I've been I've had so many conversations with well-intentioned people mm. that uh, that don't interrogate the past and uh, ha- set up expectations for a better future in the way that we yeah. are discussing it today. Totally. Thanks Super for having cool. so many conversations with us about impact and um, just how important that is. And it was fun. Yeah. It was a yeah. fun movie. And thanks for your patience while I was getting lost in the weeds about gender. That happens to me sometimes. <laughs> no, I think it's something to get lost in. May we oh, all yeah. mm-hmm. get lost in the weeds about gender and come out Truly. for it. Yeah. Agreed. Sure. Oh, yeah. Where can we find everyone oh, yeah. on the internet? Where are you on the internet? Uh, I'm at Keith Calder on Twitter. That's probably the best place. Okay. I think I've deleted most of my other stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Black Cupcake. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sam Wyman. And you can catch my last film, Quiet Room, on YouTube right now. And Shutter on July 29th. All right. I yes. wanted to say that because last time I said whenever they feel like it. No, it's July 29th. <laughs> it has a date. They will feel like it awesome. on the 29th. Awesome. Yes. Um, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, friend. That's super Appreciate cool. it. Uh oh yeah, real quick. Watching the quiet room makes me so mad because I'm like, how did he get this person? How did he get this person? Like everyone in the cast is like stunning and really cool, and Brennan, thank I'm you. so mad that they're friends with you. Oh wow, I love that jealousy. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, it's the best compliment. Um, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at QueerWolfPod, and you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. Until next time, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Michael, we missed you. Oh, yeah.
Should we just say he had diarrhea again? He loved that the first time. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> you never know so, with him. I definitely do. <laughs> All right. Mm. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you. Have a, have a, have a, have a, have a,